Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the fifth episode of the Young Investor Society's Gen Xenomics. I'm your host, Gregory Shelsey, and today we're going to be covering the basic categories of stocks, what stocks fall into what categories, and what you should be looking for when you're ready to invest in individual stocks. Now, before we begin, I need to address the elephant in the room in my first period physics class. Somehow, my first period physics teacher figured out that I have a podcast, and him and his 15 children are probably listening right now. So, Mr. L, thank you for taking the time out of your incredibly busy day to listen to your favorite student talk about stocks. I really do appreciate it. Also, I'd really like to ask all of you listeners to share this podcast with one person who you think will enjoy it. I make this content for free, and I'd really appreciate it if you guys helped share this podcast so my community could grow. With that all being said, let's get into the episode. So the first type of stock we're going to be covering today is a dividend stock. Now, that's probably the term that most, most young and new investors are familiar with in the market, but I'd like to repeat what it is in case anybody listening doesn't know what it means. A dividend is a quarterly payment that a company makes to you for owning their shares. It's basically like a kickback of some sorts for being a loyal shareholder in the company. Now, a lot of older people buy dividend stocks because they get consistent income quarter after quarter, year after year. Personally, I like dividend stocks, and I think it's a good way to start to get into the market. But there's a few things that new investors need to be weary of. Number one, when you're buying a company that offers dividends, you want them to have offered dividends for years. A lot of young investors don't look at the past history of dividends that companies have given out. For example, companies like Coca-Cola and AT&T have given out dividends for decades, so you know that they're going to keep paying them. A lot of people, they chase random companies that are offering dividends thinking that something is going to happen, when in reality the company cannot support the dividend because they haven't been doing it consistently. So there's a category of stocks that pay out dividends regularly, and they're called dividend aristocrats. These are stocks that are members of the S&P 500 that have increased their dividends but for at least 25 consecutive years. This means that they're reliable and that you can trust them. Then there's, even, there's a group of stocks called dividend kings, which are the same thing except they've been paying out dividends for the last 50 years. So if you're a person who would want to just make a few hundred dollars every year by holding a stock, no matter if it goes up, down, sideways, or whatever, dividend stocks are the stocks for you. But there's a catch. A lot of dividend stocks are paying out dividends because they don't have anything else to put their money towards. For example, Amazon, one of the biggest companies in the entire world, doesn't offer dividends because they have other growth projects that they want to fund with their money. So when you're buying a dividend stock, it's very important to remember that you probably won't be getting as much growth and as much, as much expansion as you would in other companies. But it's still a great way to get invested in individual stocks. A second type of stock that we're going to go over now is a value stock. A value stock is a stock that an investor believes is undervalued relative to the market as a whole. Let's say, for example, you look at a company with a ticker symbol ABC, and after doing fundamental analysis, you conclude that it should be worth $30, yet at the moment it's trading at 10 You would buy company ABC because you believe that it's undervalued relative to the market and its own fundamentals. Now, there's a few things to be weary of when you're purchasing value companies. Number one, a fair amount, but not all, of value stocks tend to move slower than growth stocks, companies like Apple or Palantir. So it requires patience on behalf of the investor to wait and watch for the stock to appreciate. Secondly, when you buy a company that you believe is undervalued, 
you need to have an incredibly strong conviction in the stock. Nobody has ever made money in the stock market by not believing in a company they own, especially if they think it's undervalued relative to the market. So if you want to buy a value stock, make sure that your research is solid and that you know you'll hold on to it until it reaches its true value. But in regards to when to sell a value stock, Peter Lynch once said that he doesn't sell a stock once it reaches its fair value. He sells a stock once he believes it will no longer continue to grow its business. And I think that's very important to remember. Also, it's important to note that value investing is the same strategy used by Benjamin Graham and Warren Buffett to produce, to produce their stellar returns in the market. This is a great investing strategy, yet it requires patience, discipline, and a lot of research by the investor. But if you believe you have enough experience and knowledge to do it, it's a great strategy to get you started in picking individual stocks. After value stocks comes my personal favorite kind of stock, which is a growth stock. A growth stock is similar to a value stock in the fact that an investor is buying it because it believes that it is undervalued relative to the market. However, there are differences in where this valuation comes from. Value stocks get their value in the eyes of the investor because they have a better balance sheet than what investors are acting like it has, and because maybe they have better business conditions than other investors believe. Growth stocks are considered undervalued by some investors because investors are buying for their future earnings potential and their growth. For example, buying shares of Tesla today doesn't mean that you're happy with their balance sheet and their car deliveries right now. It just means that you're optimistic that they'll continue to grow in the future and become a much stronger brand. So if you choose to venture in the world of growth stocks, you need to be aware of two key things. Number one, growth stocks are a lot more volatile than, vol than value stocks. This is because they're based more on predictions than anything else, and their perception on Wall Street tends to change. Secondly, when you're buying a growth stock, you want to make sure that there is an actual cause for the revenue to grow. A lot of people buy speculative growth stocks because they say, oh, it'll definitely go up when revenue goes up. But you need to look at a company and figure out if they will actually continue to grow or if these lofty comparisons to future growth are actually illegitimate. Following dividend, growth, and value stocks comes two stock types that are essentially hand-in-hand. These are cyclical and defensive stocks. I'm going to talk about them each separately and then talk about how they relate. So first comes cyclical stocks. These are stocks whose companies do well when the economy is doing well and do poorly when the economy is doing poorly. The key with these stocks is to buy them when the stock market is not doing well and then sell them when things are a little bit too good to be true. A prime example of this is a company like Ford. When there's a recession in America, not a lot of people are buying vehicles, but when things are going well in the economy, everyone and their mother is trying to get their hands on a new car. So a prudent investor would buy shares of Ford when nobody is buying shares because they know that the economy will rebound in the cycle that it's always in and people will eventually buy cars again. Now, there's a few things to realize about these stocks. Number one, buying a cyclical company at a bad point can be risky because they could go out of business. It's important to note that when you're buying a stock during bad economic conditions, that the company that you're now buying shares of could undergo economic hardships and not make it. So you need to be very aware of the balance sheet strength of the company that you're buying to ensure that they won't go out of business during a downturn in the market. Also, you need to be aware of the fact that buying companies that are cyclical during a market downturn is very similar to value investing in the sense that you believe that the company is worth more. 
But it's important to note that unlike value investing, cyclical stocks, their appreciation comes entirely from the growth of the market. Value stocks see their appreciation by other investors realizing their growth. So it's very important to keep that in mind. Now I'm going to talk about defensive stocks. Defensive stocks are companies that do well no matter what is happening in the economy. They're companies that make things that people use on a daily basis. For example, a company like Procter & Gamble, which makes soap, is going to do well whether we're in a recession or an economic boom because people are always going to practice personal hygiene. So you buy a stock like this because it doesn't tend to go down as much as the market does when it crashes. But it also tends to not go up as much as the market does during a bull run. So when you're buying a defensive stock, it's to keep your money safe, make a few percentages every year, and not do anything too risky with your money. Personally, as a young investor, I don't own any defensive or cyclical stocks because I don't believe that they give me the growth that I want at this point in time. But if you don't have as much of an appetite for volatility and risk, buying defensive and cyclical stocks could be a good way to mitigate risk in your portfolio. Also, it's important to note how these are related. Defensive stocks are essentially the exact opposite of cyclical stocks. Cyclical stocks go up and down based off of bond prices, job numbers, this, that, and the other, while defensive stocks stay the same. Imagine it like this. Defensive stocks are like baseball hitters that hit 250 no matter what season they're in. They hit, one, they hit the ball one out of every four at-bats. Cyclical stocks, on the other hand, are more sporadic hitters. Some days they'll go up to the plate and hit 50% of the balls thrown their way, and other times they'll only hit like 20% of the balls thrown their way. And it's important to keep that in mind when buying them. As long as you buy them at the exact opposite time of their growth, you'll be in good shape. Because the best time to buy a stock is not when growth is going to slow down, but when it's only going to get better from here. That's why buying during market downturns, like we saw this past week, are incredibly important in building generational and future wealth as a whole. A type of stock that brings together not only value, but growth and dividend payments is a blue chip stock. A blue chip stock is a company that has done well in the past, will continue to do well, and has solid earnings and dividend payments. They're essentially the middle of everything. They give you good value, good growth, a good dividend payment, and a good hedge against market downturns. But there's a few important things to note about a blue chip stock. Number one, sometimes companies that aren't doing well anymore are grouped into the blue chip category. For example, General Electric is a company that has been doing incredibly poorly because of the COVID pandemic, yet they're still considered a blue chip stock because of their previous history of growth. So if you're looking into blue chip stocks, it's important to make sure that they're still doing well and that they still have room to grow as a company. For example, I made more money this year than General Electric. You know why? Because they lost insane amounts of money. That's not a company that I would want to put my money into. And as a new investor, you shouldn't feel as comfortable doing that either. So you could buy shares of blue chip companies like Apple or Costco or 3M or Johnson & Johnson, which will provide you with growth, dividends, and good value for your price. My final and least favorite kind of stock is a penny stock. Now, you might be saying to yourself, a penny stock, what even is that? Truthfully, I couldn't even tell you half the time. Penny stocks are companies whose share price is incredibly cheap, and it deceives new investors into buying shares because they can buy an abundance of them. For example, for the price of one share of Apple, you could buy essentially 
10 to 100,000 shares of an over-the-counter market penny stock. But it's important to note that a lot of these companies have no revenue, no earnings, no good leadership, and no future potential. When you buy a penny stock, people do it because they say, oh, if this company ever becomes something, I'm going to be rich because I bought so many shares. And that's great, but that's assuming the company becomes something, which it probably won't be considering the fact that it's a penny stock. A lot of people buy penny stocks to try and hit home runs in the stock market, and the only thing they end up doing is striking out. So, as a new investor and as a listener of my podcast, please promise me that no matter what you do, you won't buy a penny stock. It will not go well for you. They're incredibly volatile, they have no fundamentals whatsoever, and they deceive new investors on a continual basis. The penny stock trade has been a thing since the 1980s, and people in the 1980s, as well as people today, all believe they're going to get rich because some penny stock is going to make it. And truthfully, it won't. So, stick to blue chip, value, growth, dividend, cyclical, and defensive stocks, and you'll be sure to do incredibly well in the market while not getting into something that's incredibly risky, volatile, and stupid, like a penny stock. Now that we've covered growth, value, dividend, defensive, cyclical, blue chip, and penny stocks, we've covered most of the general types of stocks that you will see in the stock market as a new investor. So that's it for today's episode on the types of stocks that you'll see in the market. I'm your host, Gregory Shelsey. Thank you for tuning in to the fifth episode of Young Investor Society's Gen Xenomics, and I'll talk to you next week when we start to cover market sectors and types of companies in relation to their size and growth.